Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Hi, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah, this movie is so freaking ridiculous, but we're going to have a really good time talking about it. Joining me is Grace Aki from Tell Me on a Sunday, and uh, yeah, she she jumped right on the opportunity to talk about Space Jam and New Legacy, and I'm glad because uh, we had a really fun time talking about it. It's uh, we'll, we'll get to it in the conversation. <laughs> This freaking movie. Uh, Yeah, before we get to the conversation, though, I do want to remind you all, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate us and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, and of course, find us on all the other podcast apps, Spotify, Podcasts, you name it. Uh, You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And yes, we've already had a few fun threads going on about Space Jam. Uh, A lot of fun always to be had there in the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group. So, with all that said, we got a nice long conversation about Space Jam, so let's get into it. Alright, so this should be fun. We're going to talk about Space Jam, A New Legacy, and joining me today is Grace Aki from Tell Me on a Sunday. Grace, how's it going? It's going well. I mean, we've talked about talking about this film before its release. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw it on the exact same day. I'm super excited. Um, Yeah, this is... (laughs) It's really fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm sure. I'm so blessed and excited. I uh, yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get into the ridiculousness that is this movie, uh, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you sure. do over on your podcast? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of like a, a storyteller uh, in in general because uh, I don't know when you grow up in the South, that's kind of all you do. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sure. a New York based comedian actor what have you and on my show we basically instead of just like a normal interview show with like people that I find super creative and talented and smart and funny I'd rather ask them the stories behind a lot of uh, their projects and what they do in life because I just Mm. find that more compelling like you could tell me this is what I've got coming up but I'd rather you tell me a story about 
that one day that you were on set and um, I don't know, you cried yourself to sleep. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. We all do it. It's all relatable. So uh, that's that's what that show is about. But I also do like a Broadway radio where it's like every single day there's new news coming up, all that great stuff. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Your show is really good. I, I was listening to it just the other day. And um, yeah, every, everybody's got a story behind what they're doing, whether they even realize it or not. Like, you know, but yeah. once they're kind of asked the questions out, out it comes, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's also like a lot of times the people that tell stories a lot. Uh, I mean, everybody's story is important, but usually it's it's the people that don't often share that I'm like, oh, yeah, you may not realize like you've got a lot to say. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hopefully provide that kind of platform for my friends. Speaking of stories, did you know that Space Jam A New Legacy has 10 credited screenwriters? No. <laughs> that is uh, not a good sign. Um, going One for each this. Looney Tune? Is I that what so. we're doing? I guess that I guess that's how it works out, and zero for LeBron's character. I don't know, but um, <gasps> yeah, let let's let's start this thing off by uh, asking you, Grace. Um, why did you want to cover this movie? Why why did you volunteer so graciously <laughs> to uh, to join me to talk about Space Jam: A New Legacy? Okay, well, I've been looking forward to this film for uh, many, many years. You know, before, okay. yeah, like, I mean, they've talked about it um, since kind of like the end. I mean, they didn't try to recreate or do a, a sequel right when the first one came out. Mm -hmm. And so when there was even like the joke or blog or Reddit thread about the possibility of a Space Jam 2, everybody was like, hold on, what? And then when they announced LeBron, it was like, Oh, well, that's the only guy that could do it. Sure. So I got really excited. Um, and so for the past like five years, I would say, um, I've been building this movie up because I really enjoyed the first one. I'm not like a, an insanely big basketball fan, but I love things that kind of like combine a bunch of stuff in the zeitgeist. And I think that it it perfectly did that in the first one. And, and we'll get into why <laughs> That didn't happen in the second. Sure. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I've just always really had a fondness for this. So saying that they were going to make a second one, I knew that they couldn't recreate the magic of the first, but I was curious to see what they were going to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I, I recently rewatched the first one for mm -hmm. an episode of Awesome Movie or the other movie podcast that I produce and yeah. didn't quite live up to my memories of it not that i i loved it back in the day but uh, i you know i've always been a fan of looney tunes and and so i i certainly remember laughing and i think i had a t-shirt uh space jam t-shirt at some point so I, I was definitely into it at the time uh it was very very ridiculous and i mm -hmm. guess i knew that going into this i just didn't think it would be as uh soulless uh, i think is the no. number one word i would use for this yeah. sequel it, it just it doesn't seem to uh understand what's great about the looney tunes is the number one most important problem with this movie yeah 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 yeah. i mean that uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely okay i've got a bunch of puzzle pieces here I, i'm sure Good. you got s some puzzle pieces there yes we will get into what's so bad about this, all, all the the many things along the way, um, and maybe maybe some good things. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, why don't we just jump into some puzzle pieces? What do you have for your first one? Okay, so um, I, and I wonder if our puzzle pieces are going to match because I'm sure there'll be at least one. Yeah, at least one. Uh, I I wrote uh, Wreck It Ralph. Okay. So Wreck-It Ralph is kind of one of those movies where they got to take, especially in the second one, let me clarify, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Breaking mm. the Internet, um, because <laughs> this is when they were like, 
okay, we're going to break the internet, kind of like the algorithm bit of Don Cheadle. Sure. I almost called him Don Quixote. That would have been a better movie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Academy Award winning Don Cheadle playing this villain. And, and so like they kind of have this idea that like, you know, what if we go back in and then we, you know, the, the internet is kind of in charge of everything. But oh, no, what happens? Like we basically use pixelated images and kids are like, that's what the internet is. And mm-hmm. that's what they kind of do in Wreck-It Ralph. And then at the same time, you've got all these IPs coming together. Like I remember the Disney princesses were very much featured, but they sure. all looked like Disney princesses, like mm-hmm. because Disney's in charge of the film. So I thought if they're going to do a similar thing where we knew there was going to be a bunch of Warner Brothers IP in this new movie, that they would m- mirror that and say like, oh, this is what these characters look like, not... This is Dragon Con, no shade to Dragon Con, but you've got cosplayers, you know what I mean? And yes. sometimes cosplayers can look identical, incredible, like makeup work, all that great stuff, right? But like, it's not the same as putting somebody in a stormtrooper outfit where it's like, that's a stormtrooper. Right. You're putting people in a costume to look like Clockwork Orange in a children's film, which is a choice, mm-hmm. okay? When you could have just extrapolated images from that film i mean they have the budget it just looked cheap and so i know with a cartoon you know you can make the looney tunes look like looney tunes right but in wreck it ralph they were able to make the disney princesses look like that because that's what they look like all the time and they didn't execute that in this film which was really off-putting for the big court scene where they're like you know with the big game you're seeing all of these characters doing the same three motions like where they were were day players basically and then clapping and cheering right I was like, am I crazy? Or are they literally just recycling this image, which makes the film look even cheaper? And guys, you're Warner Brothers. You've had years to do this. You've got like 100 producers, apparently 10 writers credited. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, how did this happen? So that's my first little puzzle piece of like what could have and, and should have, but also what they tried to do. I agree with everything you're saying there. And yeah, it almost like turns into this uncanny valley thing where they just look inhuman because of the your brain knows what the real character looks like. But then it's this cosplayer version. And then that weird recycled animation, which kind of reminded me of like sports video games where like you just see like that flat crowd just on loop yes. in the background. Oh, you like know? an esports game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, it, it it's a really weird choice, especially when like narratively it would have made more sense to to somehow um like key out backgrounds and yeah. have clips from the original movies of the characters in the yeah. background because it's supposed to be the server verse thing, you know, which I can't believe I'm saying, but it, it's supposed <laughs> oh, to no, be. Oh no, we're gonna use all the buzzwords: <laughs> yeah, algae apparently. rhythm, oh, server verse. Oh, it's freaking insane! But uh, but yeah, as to the puzzle piece, I would say you know, record off too absolutely and i'll just jump right into one of the other more obvious ones which is ready player one which Mm. does the same thing of just you know mashing together all of these ips and and hoping that something will come out of it and i would say ready player one is a little bit more successful still not a great movie but Mm -hmm. at least um there was there was a little bit of an excitement from fans of like, oh, there's this character that I love and know. There's another character that I love. There's another character. And and it didn't feel as forced or as fake as it does here. And part of that is like you were saying with like the very cosplay-ish. I mean, even King Kong doesn't look like King Kong. And that's a CGI character. 
And, and, and we just had a King Kong movie come out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, guys, it's fresh on the brain on HBO. We can refer to the original. Like, exactly. It's not hard. Very, very, very strange choices in the way that they, like, I get the, I get the idea of, of, of bringing in IP. I mean, uh, you know, retro is very, very in right now and nostalgia and all that. Like, I get the idea of bringing all the characters in. It's just, not doing anything with it and the method in which they did it it just it just doesn't work as well as it did in Wreck-It Ralph or in Ready Player One really yeah it makes me sad because they definitely could have that's the only reason it's not like this is you know this is not A24 trying to do like a court like an interesting dark spin on it this is Mm -hmm. this is Warner Brothers being able to pull all of their guns out and they didn't it was very strange I can't wait for a future where 24 makes a movie where all of their characters come. To- no, I really don't. Ari Aster <laughs> trying to do Space Jam 3 oh, midsummer. Can you imagine film Twitter? I mean, can you imagine? It was just, yes. Ugh. I invite it. Yes. There you go. All right. What do you got for your next piece? Okay. So um, I think we've got to start going down the rabbit hole of bad dads. And mm-hmm. I just immediately went to Hook because sure. um, that was that's the next piece of this puzzle, right? We, we've got to we've got to talk about the fact that like LeBron is playing LeBron, but he's also because he's a father. He does drill his kids in basketball. We know this to be true. Um, anybody sure. that's watched him talk on any show, he talks about like how important that is for his kids and and how much they quote enjoy it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, okay, sure. Um, I would never want to be LeBron's kid on a court, but that's just me. That's just me, little old me. Uh, sure. But yeah, so. In Hook, you've got a dad not being there for his son, especially during a, do you remember the baseball game scene where he hires a guy to film the baseball scene? Right. Or, or, like the, the baseball game for the son. And he's like, dad, you could have just been there or, or whatever. And then like, he's like, sorry, son, I had my giant cell phone strapped to my face for that like big corporate whatever. I mean, I don't know. He's an attorney. I don't know. Anyways. Um, And then he, you know, goes into the world of like Neverland and then he transforms um, into Peter Pan because he was always Peter Pan. It was always within him. Um, And so they kind of do that here. And then the whole point, uh, even even the lines might be similar. I'm not even kidding for Don Cheadle's character as Algie Rhythm and Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook, where they they, you know, put the boy under their shoulder and they're like, man. If only your dad could see you now. And you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, okay, um, I guess that is it. You know, th- he tries to spin it and turn the kid against his dad. Um, and it like works in both movies. The only problem is that we get to see in Hook, we get to see all of these moments where Robin Williams, who's incredible, gets all these like lighthearted moments mm-hmm. and all of these like funny, like, oh my God, he's a human. Like he's, he's a, he's a real He's a he's a real person. He has to grow and and have fun. And the only time we see that from uh, LeBron's character of LeBron is as a cartoon. Right. So we don't get to see the human version of that, which sucks because we know LeBron to be so expressive and funny. Let's like go back to him in Trainwreck. I thought I was like, okay, this solidified LeBron playing LeBron, but being funny and like you know he he's telling um. Oh gosh, now I can't think of his name. Um, but oh, he was on Barry. He was on SNL. Bill I don't know Hader. why. Bill Hader. He's playing. Yeah, yeah. He's he's going off of Bill Hader's character, and they do such a good like uh, buddy comedy bit in that movie that yeah. I was like, oh, Space Jam's gonna be fine. Literally, I told myself like, so what six years ago? I was like, he's gonna be all right. I- I'm I'm down for it. 
And then they have LeBron playing LeBron in Space Jam 2, not like, not at all soft, not at all funny. The only times he does that is when he's a cartoon and the moments with his son are really depressing. Um, And so, you know, I was more interested in his wife. I was like, where's she at? She's funny and interesting. And um, yeah, so I don't know. That was just kind of like a, a, a weird puzzle piece that I think we have to talk about the bad dad trope. Because sure. that's what they were trying to go for here. But at the same time, I was like, why, did, why didn't you play with the fact that like, LeBron's interesting? I, I think that goes back to the script. The 10 writers did not nail that. Right. Um, because they they never let him be funny. Yeah, that's the thing. As an outsider looking in, because I don't follow basketball at all, and I, I know yeah. who LeBron James is, but like I don't know mm-hmm. his personality really or any yeah. of that. And so going into this, it's like, Okay, so this LeBron James guy is just all business all the time and is kind of a dick. And like, that's who this person is, apparently, according to this movie, uh, because you never get any of any kind of warmness towards his his kids at all. It's just all business nonstop the whole time. And I, I don't know, you know, what the desire is to to not show that to, to not have him be fun, except for, like you said, sometimes while he's animated and that's it. Yeah, and I think that the whole point in Space Jam 1 is that, you know, even though Michael Michael Jordan is not a, a great actor, sure. <laughs> also wasn't a great baseball player, mm. but he joked about himself. I mean, that was a big bit of like our, uh, you know, sports history. We've got the greatest basketball player in the world and he chooses to play baseball and he sucks. Right. Like he made fun of himself in such a real way. And like the only times where they kind of quote made fun of LeBron was they were like, Oh yeah, I'm taking my talents back to Miami. I'm taking, you know, I'm I'm going back to Akron, and it's like, yeah, we we know that, right? But but like, let's let's You're joke about a thing. You're bumming us all out, man. You know, and and when the beginning exactly, but like the beginning of the film, um, you know, we set up how amazing LeBron is. We didn't have to set up how amazing Michael Jordan was because right. he is Michael Jordan, and mm-hmm. we feel that way about LeBron. But all of a sudden, you start getting in your head, and you're like is he the greatest of all time? Because they're telling me he is. And that makes me think that they're having to tell me. Like, as soon as Algie Rhythm is like looking at the server verse and he's like, here he is, LeBron James, the GOAT, King James. You don't have to tell me. Just show a photo. Right. He's that big. You know what I mean? He's, he's that amazing. <laughs> so, I don't know. If you have to tell me, you probably, it's probably not clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that you're starting off on the wrong foot, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to recover from there. But um, yeah. I, I'm gonna take it back to Don Cheadle's character for my next puzzle piece here, good, good, and good. I'm gonna go with the Lawnmower Man from 1992. The <laughs> do you have that on your list? No, please, <laughs> okay. please tell me what. Yeah, the Lawnmower Man is an absolutely ridiculous uh, movie of the 90s that. You know, should probably stay in the 90s and not be talked about again. But basically about a weirdo guy who kind of becomes an AI uh, who exists in this virtual reality world who can do any and everything and becomes a big nuisance for the protagonists of the film. And uh, Don Cheadle is going full fledged lawnmower man. Uh, I I didn't write down the name. I think Jeff Fahey just going completely nuts and going as big as big can be very much like the lawnmower man character in, in that movie and just everything with the cyberspace CGI world of this whole algorithm internet server thing 
it feels very much like it's of a time like the 90s where we didn't really understand computers or the internet or any of that quite yet yes. and building it up out of that. And it's like, Back then, it made sense. Like, nobody really quite fully understood what it was. Now, I mean, and this movie n seems to know that everybody knows everything about computers. I mean, look at the kid. He's building games in his room or whatever. He's got multiple monitors and all that stuff. Like, yeah. people, people understand computers now. And I feel like an old guy even just referring to them as computers. But... It, it doesn't need to be so weird and silly the way that we portray the goings-on mm -hmm. of a computer. This movie goes full lawnmower man with that. That's really funny. I think that I, you know, in the, in the theater even, I went, it's already dated. How yeah. did they do that? It's already dated. Yes. And we all, uh, yeah, you're so right. Like, we all have the capacity to know all, all these words. And all I kept thinking was, like, kids, little, little, little kids know more about the algorithm than this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Joking. And so, yeah, it was just kind of like a strange uh, choice. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a weird little mini controversy uh, on, on, you know, I don't know if it would be film Twitter, maybe yeah. whatever video game Twitter is, but yeah, yeah. With, with that Game Boy in the beginning where they were like clearly not using Game Boy graphics for the Game Boy. It's yeah. like, did they think we wouldn't know? I mean. did they? Yeah, I mean, like we played it recently we, yeah i mean that what they just i think have no trust in their audience when they're when they're putting something like that on screen but uh it's one of many issues with the movie but what do you have yeah. for your next puzzle piece uh all right so i think that we should uh skip to the newest mulan the live action mulan okay uh that's my next piece uh i the reason i say this is because another from my childhood, Mulan the cartoon, um, being a Japanese-American little girl, the only cartoon that I felt like I could uh, dress up as and would not be insensitive, even though I am in no way Chinese, um, like uh, was was dressing up as Mulan for one particular Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was obsessed with that movie. And I thought, there's so many funny parts of it. Obviously, maybe Eddie Murphy playing Mushu Pork is not... Yeah. Like the thing, you know, don't love yeah. it. But um, I loved what the movie said and did for, you know, little girls empowerment and all that stuff. All that to say, the things that work about that cartoon were like the comedic elements, which, of course, like, I'm I'm sorry to beat you over the head with that right now today. But this is how I feel about it. Uh, sure. Were, were all the comedic elements um, of like, you know, her uh, running around like. You know, the silly parts of her, like, running into the river naked, and then mm -hmm. the other guys being like, I'm king of the rock. And she's like, well, this is not the space for me to expose myself. But, um, <laughs> you know, there are just so many silly, silly moments um, intertwined with some really heartbreaking stuff. And then the music. The music is killer in that one. I think it's Alan Macon, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, and, and it's just such a fun, fun film. They're going to remake it, right? They're doing the live action. And I was like, cool. They're going to do a live action one. Hopefully, they'll take out racist crap sure. and add in. And because they said they were okay, they have an Asian team. None of the writers, they were all like white dudes. Um, but like they, they said that they were going to try to be particularly careful with this piece. Okay, fine. So what we get is a not funny, no music, boring mm -hmm. um, live action remake. And I'm like, who's this for? Because right. the kids that, that my age that are paying to watch this film on Disney Plus, thanks for making me pay twenty two dollars, mm -hmm. you know, to watch this, uh, 
want the fun and funny and the music, but also like the heart of the movie. And they didn't do that. They tried really hard to make it serious. And now I'm like, well, now nobody's going to be interested. Thanks a lot. Now nobody's going to green light this type of movie in the future, blah, blah, blah. So I say that to say, I felt like (laughs) in this remake, um, the piece that was like missing was the fact that they didn't lean into what worked about the first one because it shouldn't have worked. Let's be very clear. It should have been embarrassing. Nobody, I mean, it should not have worked. Michael Jordan's not a great actor. You know, putting in the Looney Tunes next to a guy who, quote, doesn't have uh, acting experience and then being like, what if we just added Bill Murray and Wayne Knight? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, (laughs) like funny white guys of the 90s. But somehow it made sense because like, he was able to make fun of himself. They, the music is killer, and I don't want to like gas up R. Kelly because that's not a space where we ever need to do that. <laughs> sure, sure. We're not going to do that on the show today. But I have to say, the, the soundtrack's pretty iconic, right? Right. So right. you had the opportunity. Who, who is LeBron's best friend? Can you guess? It's Drake. What did we just have come out like two, three years ago, Spider-Verse, with the one of the greatest soundtracks of any superhero movie of all time. And I would I would consider it one of the best soundtracks in like the past like 10 years. We have the capability like to make this just as iconic with totally different score, with a totally different, you know, we don't need to do I Believe I Can Fly. Mm-hmm. We can have another song. Sure. The first song that we got, I believe was when they were training the Looney Tunes and it was kind of like subtle. The music in the first one, you're like, uh, as soon as the film starts, you're like, okay, cool, we're at Moron Mountain. We're, we're back at um, his childhood, blah, blah, blah. All of the music really formed, and I would say, Cameron Crowe levels of, you know, telling the story. I really that, that's would. That's big. That is big. I know. Well, I met him once, and we had a good exchange, nice. and I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, anyways. It is a great soundtrack, though. They, it's they a great soundtrack. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying the music and the comedy is what worked, just like in Mulan. And they said, you know what? We're going to not care about that at all. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I'm like, well, guys, like, take what works in the first one. Right. It's okay. I don't need you to try to regurgitate the same plot. Mm-hmm. I like that they were going to try to like build some kind of story between the father and the son and, um, and LeBron's legacy, because this is a new legacy. Let's be clear. It's not Space Jam 2. It's Space Jam, a new legacy. But the legacy sucked butt. Right. So, like, if you're going <laughs> to go back to the first legacy, my guy, I don't know. That's the puzzle piece. Move you on. know, I, I totally agree. The music and the fun are the two things they left behind in bringing this, this uh, I guess, franchise back. But the other thing that they left in the past is the Looney Tunes. They're, they're basically ah, just side characters in this new one that, mm-hmm. that are, are a, little bit of, uh, a little bit of comic relief here and there, but they get nothing to work with as far as the story is concerned. Like, even Bugs Bunny, who is, of course, you know, the main one, barely has anything resembling any kind of a character arc or anything like that. It's like, yeah. it, why, why don't they do more with the Looney Tunes? They are what we're here to mm. see in, in, inherently. It, yeah, of course, LeBron James, but like, it's a, it's a Looney Tunes movie. When are we going to get another one of those? Do something with the Looney Tunes. That's a good point. I, I didn't really notice it in the film because I was distracted by so many plot lines I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really good point. I forget that, you know, because 
I, I wasn't like a big Looney Tunes fan. Mm-hmm. That was one of the main reasons I was like, I don't, I wasn't interested in seeing the film when I was young because right. I didn't, I didn't care about them. But once I saw them, I was like, oh, this is like fun. Like they all have personalities. Right. right. Like you're going to call Zendaya in to be <laughs> a, a, a more appropriate Lola Bunny. Mm-hmm. Like being like, she's sporty. Cool. She's going to look sporty. She's not going to look like she's just came off from cheering for the Lakers and then picked up a basketball one day and became amazing. Like, sure. you know what I mean? It was it was great. And so you're so right. Like I, I, I kind of wish that storyline had made it back in. I'd also say, speaking to the soundtrack really quick, um, I, I wonder if that speaks a little bit to the fact that nowadays with the state of the music business, if there's just not that many recognizable artists like that make music that everybody could know. I mean, you know, again, not to pump up R. Mm-hmm. Kelly here, but R. Kelly is a freaking superstar at the moment when when he made that song. Uh, you know, some of the rap tracks on there, you know, featuring LL Cool J and some of these people yeah. who are just like everybody knew them. I'm not sure who's on this soundtrack. I mean, I heard the songs during the movie, but I'm not even sure if I recognize well, anyone. I'll point to one thing. Did you did you see Black Panther? Yes. Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. killed that soundtrack. Sure. And yeah. everyone's familiar with like his stuff. And but even then, like there was still even in the nineties, there was a, still a huge divide between like what was considered pop radio mm-hmm. and and what was like R and B and rap. And I would say that that's totally flipped now. Yeah. Because we've decided, uh, rightfully so, that like this music should not just be like, well, you you guys listen to that, and then like we will. Who is no stop? Sure. Like uh, popular music's popular music, and so that's why I point to like uh, the Spider Verse soundtrack is because like they even had um, oh my god, Sunflower by Post Malone. Right. Post right. Malone's such a superstar, and like they could have had. They could have had any number of artists. And the fact that like LeBron is so influential in the hip hop world is why I thought that this was such a miss. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch his show, like the barbershop show on um, HBO, he has he has a new, uh, 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 you know, singer, songwriter, performer, rapper every single week when he was on mm-hmm. uh, because he also produces Drake. He produces other people. And so I just um, I thought that it was so strange because mm-hmm. he is a part of that world. I mean, he has. His own, like, not Jordans, but he has LeBrons. He's very influential in the hip-hop world, uh, yeah. especially in, like, the sneaker sneakerverse, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was just weird. By the way, Post Malone, also basically a real-life Looney Tunes, so he would have fit really well in this. So Yes. <laughs> and I know he listens to this pod. Yes. Yeah, he would love to course. hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to go on to another puzzle piece here and talk about some movies that I also didn't like. Um, and I think they fit really well as puzzle pieces here, especially after I found out that the director, Malcolm D. Lee, did uh, Scary Movie 5. Uh, I'm going to talk about basically the modern state of spoof movies due to uh, Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer and the various blank movie spoof movies, the epic movie, the date movie, the all of those kind of movies. Uh. They all kind of spoof band out from from scary movie although they're not by the waynes brothers uh <laughs> and they all seem to just be totally fine with settling for and this goes back of course i'm talking about the uh the ip referencing of all these wb characters that we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast but they seem completely okay with just referencing 
these famous things, but not actually doing anything with it, not making a joke, not being clever about it. Uh, we're, we're referencing Mad Max Fury Road. We're referencing The Matrix. None of it is a interesting yeah. or new joke or anything, uh, anything that is clever or any of those 10 writers did any kind of work to kind of work into this particular universe. Um, and, and I think that that's the kind of the approach that those guys took to those epic movies and the date movies and all that stuff. It's like, here's all these things that are in the zeitgeist. You remember this, don't you? Yeah. Moving on to the next one. And, and that's also, as far as it goes. Weird to, I mean, Mad Max Fury Road is, is an epic film, but it's kind of weird to be like, this is what we're going to use as part of our like most influential canon, right. like Matrix and then Casablanca and then being like Mad Max. Those are the three, right? It's yeah. like, what? I don't know. And then using all of those Batman characters, like Tim Burton's Batman, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then like having that guy like dress up as like a, like a D-less Danny DeVito in mm -hmm. the Penguin outfit. It was so strange. And it's like, it's not these actors fault. It really isn't. It's, it's, a misstep on on the company um no but you're totally right I, but i will say when mad max that bit like kind of like started that was when because they were trying to gather all the looney tunes all over the right. like you know warner universe that was when the music kicked in and i was like cool i'm hyped i'm ready finally. like this is finally 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 <laughs> what are we 40 freaking minutes into the film mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <About that. laughs> right so it was so weird to be like oh i'm finally enjoying this it was for three minutes good 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 <laughs> yeah. um it was just so weird um and i will say like i want to shout out to the fact that like i went i went to see this movie in in a theater mm -hmm. at 11 a.m on a saturday morning and um two rows in front of me were like a row of kids and like there was a, a mom in a, a Toon Squad. No, no, she was in a Monstars jersey and the dad nice. was in like a Toon Squad jersey. And so obviously they were excited about this. But all the kids, I mean, they were kind of like talking a little bit. Their commentary was sometimes more interesting than the script. And um, they, <laughs> there was uh, the part where they're like, they the camera like goes to, you know, audience members particularly and they, they're showing a lot of like the Batman characters for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then they quickly turn and then the little shrunken Monstars team for like two seconds. Did you see that? Where like the, the little characters were the same as like the shrunken little aliens from the I first Space so, Jam. Yeah. The yeah. kids screamed. They okay. were so excited to see that. And that's how I said like, wow, the legacy of that film, if you know it, you know it really well. So seeing somebody like Bill Murray pop out, seeing somebody like, like you know what I mean? That would have been really fun and funny. And then the, the spoiler of it, to have Michael B. Jordan come out was such an epic moment. Yeah, that, that was, was like, that was a funny moment. I wrote down that there was yeah. like three good laughs in this movie. <laughs> That's one of them for sure. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it was just funny because I was like, even these four five-year-old kids missed the callbacks to the first movie. So mm -hmm. you gave them a tiny taste of it and they freaked out. What you could have done with this film. Sure. Such a bummer. Absolutely. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Um, I'm going to go to uh, who I, this is my final piece, okay. uh, I guess you could say. I, I might have one more, but it kind of, it kind of enveloped itself in Hook, but who framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. What what a perfect like uh, combination of like having straight character like comedically, um, and then also all of these funny and and you're so right, Roger Rabbit 
Bugs Bunny. They had such a, a story arc in in those films, and so like I I felt like in the first Space Jam, Bugs Bunny got to have all a lot of that. You know, we got to follow them back to Michael Jordan's house, and they had the interaction with the kids when they're trying mm-hmm. to get the basketball. Um, and then in this in in Roger Rabbit as well, like you've got all of these tunes that have distinct personalities that are helping execute the thing. And then, like, the villain is just so much better as a villain. Like, I felt like Don Cheadle wasn't, um, like, he's an incredible actor, so this is not me knocking him. He doesn't need, like, you know, he's got accolades. He's amazing. Um, it's It felt like he was, like, phoning it in. Sure. Like, like he didn't like that script. I don't know. But I just I just picture all of, like, the great, like, cartoony villains of other films, especially that do this type of thing. And I think about the fact that, like, we got to have in Roger Rabbit, like, Christopher Lloyd giving the performance of his life, you know, not caring that this is, like, a, quote, kids movie. Yeah. It was like, this is this is it. And so I just loved how the stakes were raised so much in that one that I thought that that's what this film would also bring. Um, I thought that they would try to copy that and then they uh, did not. But uh, that that to me is like that other puzzle piece of like where um, very simple storyline, you know, dad or somebody needs something schlubby like a middle-aged dude i guess and then like lebron is schlubby (laughs) um and then you know an incredibly like just like dumb villain like what is the his point he's like and then everyone will respect me and i'm like dude like this is some toxic masculinity like just like go to therapy sure you know have a tea like you're gonna be fine um and so yeah like the that's just kind of like the other piece of like where this could go well and and where it could go wrong yeah i i think you know don Cheadle's a great actor but i think he's just painfully miscast here it's just Mm -hmm. they needed someone who could just go wacky and animated you know, someone who could just yeah. go crazy with it. And he always feels restrained in this. Like he's he's trying to go crazy, but he just it's just not him. It just doesn't make sense yeah. for him. Like as an Danny actor. DeVito sure. being this like gross dude, which by the way, there is a photo, I will leak it, of me dressed up as that character. Oh, um I, I don't know what party this was for, but I chose to be that. I had like a purple suit and a big cigar hanging out of my mouth. Beautiful. Um yeah. Oh, thank you. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, I was very attractive that night. Um, but yeah, so you've got this like gross dude who just wants to like make money in the universe on his moron mountain. Hmm. How stupid is that? It's stupid. And that's why we love it. Don Cheadle living in a computer with like this adorable little like sidekick. Um, I, I, I was just and then he also like to your point that he never got tuned. He got like kind of CGI thick necked. Right, right. It's like it's like he went and said like, okay, what if I did CrossFit for a month mm. and then was tall? And we were like, okay, but he was never silly or toony and and gross. And um, we're it's a kids movie. Like we want to hate you. Yeah, you were just exactly. annoying. <laughs> I'm just realizing right now too that his little sidekick, he is kind of a cute little character, but in yes. the design of him, he's too robotic to make a toy out of. I think. There's too many moving parts and stuff. Like he wouldn't work yeah. in the real world. That's that's <laughs> short sighted on their on their part, right? Come on, guys. This is about money and uh, yeah. <laughs> this is clearly about money. This movie, but um, <laughs> I got yeah. a, I got a few more puzzle pieces here. Uh, I'll, Tell me. I'll 
I'll jump from one to the other and we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit and finish it up. But I'm going to go to the Trey Parker, Matt Stone movie, Basketball, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a ridiculous puzzle piece to include on a Space Jam movie. But l- let's be honest, they are basically making up the rules of this version of basketball that the kid has created as they go. I mean, none of it makes any sense. The scoring system is completely pointless. It all yeah. comes down to a single point game, even though it's thousands of points. Thousands of points. It, none of it makes any sense whatsoever. I, I yeah. feel like they got their scoring and some of the rule book from basketball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all I want to say. That's all. That that works there. That's, yeah. <laughs> the other two actually kind of go together um but i'll do them one at a time though have you seen serenity the recent one uh with anne hathaway and matthew mcconaughey uh no but uh go off (laughs) i love this movie so much it's one of the most ridiculous movies of the last few years and uh i i don't want to speak too much about it because i I don't want to spoil it i guess i'm gonna have to spoil it to talk about you know what i'm gonna leave it Everybody, watch Serenity. It's fantastic. I don't want to spoil the ending for you. Please watch it. It is the most ridiculous movie built upon a big twist that I think fits really well with Space Jam. So I'm just going to leave it at that and instead just go to my final puzzle piece. And that is the recent Jumanji reboots. Yes. So glad you brought that up. Oh, that almost made it into my pieces. Please. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) these people are essentially stuck in this video game world. Uh, they're, They're They're... sucked in somehow into into this world of video games that okay here's the thing i had a lot of fun with the jumanji reboots Th- those movies are surprisingly a lot of fun as far as action movies are concerned and uh, f- mm-hmm. kid family adventures are concerned uh but they don't really have any idea how video games work <laughs> i don't think they just kind of they take bits and pieces of of yeah. what they thought video games are and stuck them together into this big cgi adventure fest and it works as it does here as well the the game that uh lebron's kid bill is basically a a video gameized version of basketball uh like we said with basketball it uses all of its own rules and it's all, all kinds of things that resemble basketball but aren't quite basketball uh and it essentially are just a big over-the-top video game jumanji kind of does the same thing. It brings these people into this video game. They have to learn the rules. They learn how the scoring works. They learn how to survive within the world of the game. And there you go. That is where your action takes place. And so yeah. uh, I, th- I, th- I think it, it definitely had to have been an influence on the direction they took for uh, trying to figure out how to make a new Space Jam when they were putting this together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's... <sighs> but there are so many good points to like the fact that in Jumanji 1, you've got my guy, Robin Williams, mm-hmm. killing it, you know, like getting to do that serious and silly, and uh, you don't get to do that in this time, so right, right. just saying. But you got, I mean, you've, you've got a killer cast in Jumanji. I thought it was really great. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I thought that yeah. was the perfect way to execute, like, it's not a sequel, but it's like we're, we're nodding to it and we're copying what works. Right. It was great. Exactly. Exactly. I'm also thinking maybe part of the problem here is we we talked about Bill Murray. We talked about Wayne Knight. There's no (laughs) human sidekick characters in Space Jam and New Legacy. It's just LeBron and the Looney Tunes and And his his, kid. But his 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 like uh, assistant Mm -hmm. kind of does that. Um, Whoever that guy is. But at the same time, like he LeBron has a best friend producer 
that is that in mm-hmm. real life. So I was just confused. If people people know a lot about him, I'm going to look up that guy because people know him in association with, oh, it's Maverick Carter. Okay, so okay. Maverick is one of the uh, producers on Space Jam A New Legacy. He does a lot of business stuff with LeBron. He's very funny, charismatic. Um, people associate LeBron and him. Mm-hmm. So this character was kind of mirroring that. But guess what? You could have just called Maverick Carter. Sure. Like, I don't know. I know he's not an actor, but neither is freaking LeBron James. <laughs> right. If, if, if we're trying to stay in the world where people know a lot about this guy and, and being like, you know, it's, it's like obvious that that would be the story. Why would you recreate it with another actor when you could have had the guy who yeah. does this stuff with you, who's also producing the film? It would have so, added to the whole meta-ness of it all, too, which is the whole point of the movie, really. Which is where they where they miss a lot because um, they were they called on those two jokes. And I'm like, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing, Maverick Carter? Come on. Seriously. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts on Space Jam, A New Legacy. We've got Wreck-It Ralph and its sequel. We've got Ready Player One, Hook, The Lawnmower Man, The Mulan Reboot, the various blank movies, parody movies, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Basketball, Serenity, which everybody needs to watch. It's so damn insane uh and jumanji the reboots uh so yeah i you know this movie there's i i can't believe we've already gone like almost 45 minutes on it but uh there's there's so much that could be said for it are there any other closing thoughts that you had on it i i just want to say that i really loved truly being in the theater and watching and appreciating a movie where the cast was predominantly like 100 percent like black leading actors Mm -hmm. um besides the voice artists who i'm not gonna you know um try to guess there's ethnicity like come on um but i i just want to say like it was nice to see like every bit of that uh casting was done uh with the fact that like okay yes like this is LeBron's film. Great. Also, like every other character, it's not just going to be like, what if we put LeBron and then a bunch of random white dudes? Like it was, you know, I I, I liked seeing the cast being so well-rounded and um, especially like Michael B. Jordan coming in for that like hot two minutes was mm. uh, some of the best. Yeah, like you said, like the biggest laugh of the film. Uh, I, I just want to say that I, I look forward to people like rebooting movies when it can work like Jumanji I think that they just missed on this one but I was still excited to see it I wasn't like mad at it Mm -hmm. like as a big fan of Space Jam 1 I wasn't like oh man they just like hurt my feelings you know what I mean I was just like that just wasn't the sequel it was just a different movie and that's okay but in the future like remember what works remember like the funny works and remember that like uh, if it ain't broke don't fix it that's my final thought there you go. That absolutely makes sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that is that is the thing with this movie. And I, I do think there's a little bit of a uh, sinisterness involved in in mining the whole Warner Brothers archive for all these characters and calling that a movie. Um, I mean, it, it, go, it goes back to some of what I was saying with the uh, epic movie movies and, and stuff like that. And just, just referencing this history of film and just calling it a day. 
and it just feels so lazy. Um, but again, that also goes to what you were saying with with uh, you know rebooting something and remembering to take what works because that's kind of the point of rebooting something is remembering to take what works. And I I don't I yeah. don't think that they did any of that here, and it, it's a shame because there definitely is fun that could have been had with the premise and. Uh, Space Jam, the original, like I said, not, not a great movie, but it's it's fun for what it is, and uh, yeah. it definitely has its moments. And like we said, the soundtrack's great. There, there's there's some great Looney Tunes stuff. Which, by the way, I should mention, aside from that Michael B. Jordan scene, <laughs> the other two scenes that made me laugh were both Wiley Coyote scenes. So I'm yes. kind of hoping for a Wiley Coyote movie one day that I will watch and I will be excited for. <laughs> oh, it could happen. Who knows? Yeah. There's time. He rules. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I just, I'm, that's my closing thought. Wiley Coyote rules. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch and enjoy LeBron James, truly watch uh, Trainwreck right, featuring right. Amy Schumer, him, Mike Birbiglia, Brie Larson. I'm sorry, the cast is stacked. And Bill Hader. And then watch The Shop on HBO. It's mm -hmm. him, Maverick Carter, lots of guests. There's a beautiful, there, one of the final episodes of uh, the pandemic was with Chadwick Boseman. And it's, mm. it's great. Uh, and Tiffany Haddish. So highly recommend if you like him and you want to see him actually uh, be a real person, watch the shop. Awesome. Yeah, good recommendation there. Well, I, I think that does it for Space Jam. Uh, I, I always ask my guests to recommend something they watched recently. I mean, you just gave a recommendation, but do you have something else you watched recently you'd like to recommend? Uh, you know, I, I'm re-watching I May Destroy You again. That's okay. not a film, but I would say that it, it's like a, it's a mini-series, so it, I think sometimes it counts awards-wise. Sure, uh, it's hard to so tell nowadays, yeah. It's hard to tell, I know. When everything's shot so beautifully, you're like, I guess it's a film, and it's like eight hours of mm -hmm. like cuts, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as like movies, I haven't seen anything recently that I was like, go watch that. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm re-watching I May Destroy You for the like third time and I uh, still love it. So highly recommend it if you haven't watched already because Michaela Cole was just cast in uh, uh, Wakanda Forever, the yeah. Black Panther sequel. So just saying, you're going to want to see her because she's incredible. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to watch that soon. I, I have yeah. not watched it yet, but uh, awesome. Grace, uh, yeah. thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, why don't you tell people again where they can find you and your podcast? Yeah, they can follow me all the time on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. G-R-A-C-E-A-K-I. And then uh, you can listen to my podcast every Sunday. It's Tell Me on a Sunday, wherever you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, your mother's basement, uh, wherever that may be. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me, David. This was great. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Grace Aki about Space Jam, A New Legacy. As soon as we finished recording, I actually messaged her to tell her that we forgot to talk about the notorious P.I.G., uh, yeah, this movie just has it all, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, I just played that ad for Awesome Movie Year, which is another movie podcast that I produce, which you should check out, which 
we actually did an episode on the original Space Jam. It was a bonus episode for the 1996 season. So go check that out. Uh, you can find Awesome Movie Year wherever you find Piecing It Together. And if you like Piecing It Together, you should be subscribed to Piecing It Together. We are, of course, on all the major podcast apps, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we should be there. Make sure you're subscribed. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. There's probably some other places you can rate and review us. I don't know. Wherever they are. Five stars would be awesome. Uh, but, you know, just get in touch. Let me know what you think of the show. I love getting feedback. There's been so many new listeners lately, and I, I just love that the show keeps growing. More people keep listening to it, and uh, I definitely would like to hear what you think of it and what we could do to continue making it better. Um, or just keep listening and share it. That's awesome. And uh, don't forget, we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where we post bonus content and advanced episodes and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, combining content from piecing it together as well as awesome movie year and from my music career. So it's just a bunch of bonus content from all the stuff that I work on the produced by David Rosen, Patreon it's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Check it out. If you really like what we're doing here, you know, of course the, the listening, the subscribing, the sharing, the rate and review, you can do all that for free. But if you, if you want to kick in a few bucks, if you like it that much, uh, check it out. Patreon, dot com slash by david rosen lots of great content on there i'm actually working on a bunch of music content to go up there soon so uh there's gonna be a lot going there plus another uh, awesome movie or bonus episode is going up really soon too so check all that out thank you so much for listening let's close this thing up with a piece of music and uh i think i'm gonna go with i, I was kind of thinking do i have anything basketball related but i don't think i do unless there's something i'm forgetting about so instead, I'm just going to go with this weird track from my album, Head Like Fire. It's upbeat, so it definitely uh, you know, fits the vibe. And it's just really strange. I, this is one of the weirder tracks that I've included on one of my main David Rosen albums. Uh, I, I, part of me has always wondered, like, why did I include this? But to me, it just kind of felt like some of the more experimental stuff of some of the 80s bands that I enjoy. And uh, so that's why I was like, you know, I think it really has a place on the album. And even though it's weird, I, I think it still fits. And I'm going to close it out with that. So again, the album is Head Like Fire. The song is Out of Everything. Hope you enjoy it, even though it's a little weird for some of my other music. Uh, but enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.